1: AM 970 The Answer presents i on real estate. This is your premier source for real estate information from the hot properties in the tri-state to the latest real estate market trends, from mortgage news to answers to all your real estate questions. You'll be in the know with help from the experts. I'm
2: getting closer to my heart.
1: Call now. That's 866-970-9622. Now, here's your host for Eye on Real Estate, Douglas Elliman's CEO, Dottie Herman.
3: Good morning. Good morning. I'm Dottie Herman, and you are listening to the only show on talk radio that's all about real estate and everything in the world that has to do with real estate. And if you think about it for a moment, that's just about everything. My friend and co-host, real estate attorney Jerry Feeney, is with me, and so is our mortgage and finance expert, Citizens Bank Vice President Ace, Want a two support. Almost. I'm really, after five years, Ace getting it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> You're getting it, Donnie. Good morning, I guys. I am.
3: And Ace, I can't thank you enough. I Love my birthday present, and by the way, it is absolutely. I, I wanted to get one so badly, I just never got around to it. Thank you. Oh, uh,
2: it, it's thank a really thank cool. Thank you, uh, yep. It is so no cool. Problem.
3: It's a well, Dyson hairdryer. What do that you're
4: talking about? Well, is?
3: it's a Dyson hairdryer, and it is. I can't even explain it. It's better than any hairdryer you could think of. <laughs> it's expensive, a and it's she, yeah. no, you would. It's, it's, it's a special one.
4: Okay, Jerry, I'll, I'll you I'll don't
3: have much say. hair. Maybe he doesn't need one. <laughs>
4: Well, no, I okay. just wake up looking like this. Happy Memorial yeah. Day, everybody. Can you Happy it?
3: Memorial Day. Yeah. Oh, can you know if you have any legal or financial questions? We're always happy to answer them. So you can call us at 866-970-9622. And since I know a lot of you are around and about, and it's because we have a beautiful weekend, you can always email us or tweet or Send us through Facebook, and we always answer your questions. As a matter of fact, I have a couple that you sent me last week, but that we didn't get to yet. Um, I also want to take a moment to thank Citizens Bank for their support of this show. Citizens is one of the nation's oldest and largest financial institutions, and it offers a broad range of retail and commercial banking products and services to individuals, small businesses, and large corporations and institutions. In consumer banking, Citizen provides an integrated experience that includes mobile and online banking, a 24-7 customer contact center, and the convenience of approximately, how many is that? 3,300 ATMs in 1,150 branches in 11 states. But, as I always tell you, big is good, but not always better. They're big. But they're a family, and they really take the time to treat everyone with TLC, to well, Love me, and Care. Let me tell you something. That's I was me. Sure.
4: I was at a branch yesterday because I was doing a closing in upstate New York for citizens. And it was like it's a small town uh, called uh, near New Windsor, New York. It was like uh, everybody was so friendly. All the people that came in, all the, uh, the customers, all knew the tellers. And it was like a town hall. I, I, well, I felt like I was stepping back in time. They really well, were well that
3: very is personal. like the old days when you had to yeah. wait online lines in the bank yeah, and everybody knew the tellers and
4: yeah, everybody was talking to each other and they were ha- had coffee out there. It was really uh, that's very really friendly. nice. Yeah, that's yeah. that that not like really a, not like in the city where you go into some of these branches and you know they're all buying plexiglass and everything. <coughs> yeah.
3: Yeah. Well, nice. th- that's what I love about them, and I you know whether it's you know anything if whether. You know, if it's a doctor, a dentist, a financial person, I don't care how good they are. They have to be good, but I have to have a, a personal connection. I have to like them. I have to be able to speak to them, and I have to be able to trust them. And I, as I tell you every week, I don't recommend people that I don't use. So I legally, for all my legal stuff, I use Cherry, <laughs> And for all my financial stuff, I use Ace. So I am uh, not just talking. i That's my team. You walk and uh, when you're... Work with the right team, it makes all the difference. That's why, well, we have more members of the team on the show tonight because it is Memorial Day, and I like to keep... We'll do a little real estate. I don't want to be too heavy today because uh, I think our Memorial Day should be a little lighter. And we, of course, will open up and tell you what's going on for the season. If you have any questions or comments, you can call us at 866-970-9622. That's 866-970-9622, Or you can email me at radioshow at element.com. That's radioshow at element.com. Or visit my Facebook page, my Instagram page. Or if you miss parts of the show, you can download our app. If you go to the app store, it's free. It's Eye on Real Estate. You can download the app and you can hear any part of any show that you might have missed or you might want to hear again.
4: Look at you with all your social media presence. I know, I'm getting there. Look at that, Jerry. I'm getting
3: there. I'm getting there. I'm trying. I'm, I'm, you know, I mean, listen. (laughs) you got to try to, you can't kind of, you know, you won't be in the world if you, if you don't really keep up with it, this world, you're not going to be in it.
4: Somebody said to me the other day, you have a a WhatsApp, and I said, what's that? (laughs) I never heard of WhatsApp. uh Apparently, it's a new messenger.
3: By the way, my offer still stands to Prince William, that if he wants to buy a Manhattan pied or... A place out in the Hamptons because, you know, a lot of movie stars are out there. And now that he's a star and he's married a movie star, I am personally here to show him properties. And actually, I have the, I want to say the the best real estate person that I know, part of my team, Paul Brennan. And if it's not me, one of us will be glad to take the prince and his lovely wife.
5: That's Harry, is it, that you're talking about? Yes, yes, yes.
3: Did you see the wedding? Everyone, yes.
5: Oh, the yes. wedding was beautiful. I, well, Paul's yes, royalty himself. He's Hampton's royalty, yeah. so he <laughs> would be
4: the appropriate person to deal with the prince. And...
3: Actually, the British monarchy is already the England's biggest real estate holder. Did you know that?
4: Mm-hmm. They believe
3: real estate. They're very smart people, including the entire length of Regent Street in London, which is like their Madison Avenue, and the Savoy Hotel, um, the, Balmoral, the Balmoral Castle, and the racetrack where the world-famous Gold Cup each June is played. They own $18.5 billion worth of real estate. So I think they believe in real estate. But, you know, yes.
5: Jerry, you know what? Yeah. Tell tell mm-hmm. how they do ownership in uh, in uh, Britain, though. That's different well,
4: than ours. yeah. Well, you mean with, re- like, Fetail and to preserve the uh, lineage and things like that?
5: Yeah, also, but they don't buy it. They lease it, right?
4: Oh, yeah. They do a lot of leasehold for, you know, 100 years and things like that. A yeah. lot of it, when you look at their system of uh, real estate, a lot of it is to preserve um, the, the male line, frankly. So, you know, you what would... What do you mean um, the male
3: line? What about the female line? They don't want to preserve that? Well,
4: you know, they get to uh-huh. that. But they're, they're really about well, the Well, guys,
3: male. I hate to tell you. <laughs> I mean, you're lucky if you're old because... It's kind of the end, but it's the end of an era. I have no, a feeling this, this the next the, 10 this or 15 is the year years. the of the woman, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's the year of the woman, whether they're you like it over. or not. <laughs> they're,
4: they're taking over Congress. They're going to take over everything. And you know what? Good for them. They they'll, can't do a worse job than the, the current politicians.
3: No, you know what? I think this. I think that there are great women. There are great men. They're great. You know, I just think it's you've got to open it up to the person that's the most qualified regardless of what they are, and that's yes. the way it should be. Absolutely. Um, we also have, you know, later in the show, we've got some special guests because we have Deborah Halpert, who is the publisher of Hamptons Magazine, and she's going to join us. Deborah has her fingers on the pulse of the Hamptons, and she's here every year to kick off our season, and she's going to fill us in on some of the glamorous fundraisers and charity events that benefit so many people, and what's in store for the Hampton Magazine this season, and some new ventures that she's personally involved with and she's another personal friend of us we go back i don't want to tell you how long uh <laughs>
4: a couple of years no. what about hampton's gossip will she be talking about hampton's gossip i like to hear about that what the rich and famous are doing and, you yeah. know
3: i don't you know i i, I don't know i you know, there's gossip everywhere but i don't really think it's the same I, I, you know i think yeah. it's oh, i don't think there's that much gossip anymore i think there's no. always you know. Everyone wants to hear what movie star or what, you know, famous yeah. person. You know, that's kind of that. But, you know, how much gossip can you listen to? Who cares well, about it uh, anyway?
4: I never repeat gossip, so you have to listen no, to it the don't. first time. <laughs> yeah.
5: And,
3: of course, who I introduce <laughs> to you. Paul. Uh, yeah. Yes,
5: exactly. <laughs>
3: and one of my top, um, <laughs> he taught me a lot. He's like the king of real estate in the Hamptons. And uh, he's with us, of course, Paul Brennan. And he kicks off the show. Uh, every Memorial Day also, and he will tell us about all the exciting changes on the East End. Now, summer really doesn't start till June 21st, although it feels like it this weekend, but most Mm -hmm. people consider Memorial Day to be the official start of the summer season, and I'm so happy it's here because it was a long winter. If the weather is good, many families will heat up the grill, head to the beach, or take in a big blockbuster movie. Well, don't do a movie on a day like today. But Memorial Day has the word memorial in it for a reason. It is an occasion to honor the men and women who died in all wars. It is customary to mark Memorial Day by visiting graveyards and war monuments. President Nixon declared Memorial Day a federal holiday in 1971. So before that, it wasn't a federal holiday. And Memorial Day is now observed on the last Monday of May. On this day in history and I always tell you what happens, the Dow Jones began an index of twelve industrial stocks closing at forty ninety four. Can you imagine? <laughs>
4: forty dollars. And of
3: course if you were born today you're a Gemini, the son of the schizophrenics. No, I'm only kidding. Your paired <laughs> what, element the is the air. <laughs> yeah, it's a twin. Well supposedly you have two personalities. Okay. No. High winds can be part of your people. personality, your sharp uh-huh. wit and information oriented mind make you intense communicators so it's a good day if you were born it's a good sign mm-hmm. and you share the birthday with john wayne who was born in 1907 and died at age 72 in 1979 i didn't realize he was 72 when he died
4: Ace, know I thought he was, was
3: older. No. <laughs> soon soon everyone would flock to the beach or the pool or the park and i wondered if you knew how new yorkers used to cool off a hundred years ago do you know anyone
4: a um, hundred years ago, um, it wouldn't have been uh, it wouldn't have been the fire hydrants because they weren't around. No, 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 ago. no. Well, we I did, don't know. We didn't
5: have pools out here. I know we just used the ocean. You didn't things. have pools a yeah. hundred years yeah. ago. You
3: didn't yeah. have pools, did you? You didn't. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, why ask so, him Paul a
4: hundred years ago? A hundred years,
3: years ago, he's not a hundred. None of us are a hundred, not, not yet. Okay. <laughs> you jump into a car us on us a train, and uh-huh. you would get out of the city, and only the rich had private indoor plumbing. So, I guess they didn't even. So, most New Yorkers went to the old public baths. The public bath movement got its start in New York by a wealthy merchant who funded public baths and laundries on Mott Street for anyone who paid a small fee. A campaign in 1889 convinced New York to build a network of free or low-cost bathhouses that would offer visitors a rain bath or a shower, as we call it today. OK I guess they couldn't take showers.:
5: Yeah there was no How popular
3: product. were those baths during the hot Oof. summer months? Riots practically broke out, according to one account in the New York Times in 1906. But as bathrooms with showers became standard features in apartments, the public's baths popularity took a nosedive. Hmm. Well, obviously I did not
4: know that. Yeah.
3: I did not know that either. By the late wow. 1950s, only three still operated according to the landmark preservation. Well, you know something? I always wondered. I would see those Western shows, you know, where well, they'd have them riding horses for days, and they were always looking handsome and <laughs> clean. <laughs> and, they, and they, and they, they get off know, the horse. And they were shirt, groomed. they get off the horse. Yeah. They look good. And I thought about Pressed. it. I was like, these guys never took a shower for 20 years. They yeah. had no showers.
4: And the women so, all had makeup on, even though they just went across <laughs> the prairie with the <laughs> yeah, kids. So, okay.
3: So it was it a bit exaggerated. Close. But I guess in those days, we were kind of naive enough to believe it, right?
4: Yeah. Exactly.
3: Okay, so I've got to give you some real estate stuff that I think you should know. Most homeowners think now is the best time to sell, but that doesn't mean they're listing their homes because inventory is tight. And although they think it's the perfect time to sell, um, they, they think it's the best time in the last 20 something years. But they they have they're afraid of selling and have no place to go. And I think we had a call last week at 866-970-9622 and asked what should they do. And I told them, I really wouldn't buy the house. It's, I mean, I would not sell if I didn't have a place to go. I mean, it's it's you know you got to kind of time it or sell it and move into something, temporary. you know, uh, temporary because it's you know you have to really be out there and on it. Inventory is tight. Uh, but <coughs> even though, the, the, you know, the are, they fact that borrowing costs have climbed, that's not the reason. It's really because of inventory and they don't know where to go. Uh, plus, people are staying in their houses because they want to get a second house. Um, the mid-year forecast for home sales, by the way, are prices are to rise despite inventory. And, and this came out from Washington in May, and a stronger economy, wage growth, and improving job markets are expected to march home sales and prices higher in 2018. But the low supply and weakening affordability will tamper the rates of increases. I say that's not true. I no, say that no, that's if, uh,
4: economics says the opposite. Yeah, that's
3: I say that. Here's what I say: It's going to. It's busier now. The reason you don't see as many sales is there's not enough to sell. If we had more inventory, and this is across the country, we'd be selling a lot more. Um, there's just not that much for yeah, sale. Yeah. Uh, but the overall fundamentals remain very solid, and, we're dri- and the economy is growing, and there's a steady job creation. And uh, the housing, the shortage of housing doesn't seem to get better, and when the supply is bigger than the demand... The demand is bigger than the supply. What happens?
4: Prices go up. Um, the uh, and we're at pretty much 100% employment according to most economists now. I mean, we're about as low unemployment as you can get. So there's going to be upward pressure on on uh, wages too. So.
3: Well, it's affordability. The millennials and the boomers, and I think there's a new generation that's about 22 now. They're all, I mean, there's a a lot of people buying, and so there's a shortage. And with all the fundamentals of the economy looking good, they expect that to continue. Okay? I found something. I think we're going to have a break soon, so I don't kind of want to start this until the break. But I found an article that was from Risk Media. And it said 2017 versus 2018. I'm going to ask Paul and Jerry and Ace to see if they think this is correct. They say that the difference between what's different about buying real estate this year, and here's what they have to say, see if you agree. Millennials are taking over. Even though millennials aren't the biggest category of homeowners right yet, they are expected to be by the end of 2018. For the first time, they will be the majority of homeowners. The fact that they're buying more homes means there are different selling and purchasing patterns that are coming up in the future due to the different spending habits of millennials. Now, I'd like to ask everybody, do you do you see a difference, Paul, when you're selling to a millennial than a baby boomer? I mean...
5: Yes. They, they, they generally want things done. Um... It, you know, it used to be, as you, as you well know, uh, yes. people would come out and buy a piece of land, put up a house, uh, get an architect, put up a house, and sort of go through the process. Uh, the millennials don't like the process. They want it done. They want to open the door, turn the key, and live. And it, it, it doesn't have the same – doesn't seem to have the same me- – ownership doesn't have the same meaning as it did for us
3: well i think that they want to own i agree with you there i think that they but as you said like if you could i mean some of these places now or some of these new developments are actually going a step further so the towels and the sheets and everything is even there they don't want the hassle and they're not like in our the baby boomers were like okay well maybe the kitchen's not perfect or maybe um i need to redo one of those bedrooms but I'll get in and I'll buy the property and then we'll do it as we go along they I think I agree they want it now so their parents better help them or they better have very good jobs Mm
5: -hmm.
3: okay 2017 versus 2018 again this is from risk media how home prices will go up those who sell real estate see an increase in prices of home that's why you shouldn't wait if you find something you like buy it in most areas the median price is rising Now, we're going to talk about the Hampton specifically after – I just want to get through this. Number of sales is going up. Ownership is stabilizing. um, And don't forget, the millennials, which will compose the largest buying group, are going to dictate. So when you get your house ready, my suggestion, fix it up a little before you put it on the market. I mean, wouldn't you give that advice?
5: Yeah,
3: Yeah, I mean – I think
4: millennials here. Yeah,
3: we have a break. We'll be right back here for the break. 866-970-9622 or email us at element radio show at element.com.
1: It's I on real estate. Got a question? Call 866 970 9622. Here's Douglas Elements CEO Dottie Herman.
3: We're back again. Happy Memorial Day, everyone. We have a lovely weekend, at least in the Northeast. We do. Um, if you have any questions, you can call us at 866 970 9622 radio show at element.com we were talking about the differences between 2017 to now and we were talking about millennials and i think we have mario on the line mario
6: hi Dott- hi daddy how are you I, I i'm fo- good how I are you your, I, I follow your career religiously
5: okay
6: oh, <laughs> <laughs> I, read, I read. i read all the uh, real estate magazines and all guys oh. i just want to preface what i'm going to say i bought real estate in harlem in 1975. How 1975. How right. do that, Mario? You wow. All uh, right. And I, <laughs> uh, and I sold it in 2000.
3: But, Dottie... Wait, wait, Mario. So long, wait a daddy. second. Wait a second. Go ahead. I have to ask you this question. Now, in 1975, I, I, I'm going to guess that Harlem was not so popular to buy real estate. What made you decide? I'm sure you made a lot of money, I, but what made you take that I, leap?
6: I, here's what I did, Dottie. I stood on 116th Street, in front of uh, in Coppola's front of uh, Patchy, uh, Coppola's Pizzeria, right. and I went down to 96th Street, and I saw on York and 92nd, in those days, three hundred and fifty thousand dollar apartments, and on the other side of the street, the same a uh, uh, shamble apartments, hundred and fifty dollars. Never in my wildest tree, uh, when I bought the real estate, Daddy, I bought a building. I swear to God, on my 13 grandchildren. I bought 13? a 44 family.
3: <laughs> wait, so wait, go 13, back. You, yeah. so, so when you bought, you bought uh, a building then, or?
6: Yeah, I bought, the first building I bought was a 44 family on 117th Street. I paid $4,000 for it. Fourth, oh, It was burnt out. Go ahead.
3: Okay, do so people go think ahead. you were nuts? Did they say, Mario, what are you, crazy?
6: They told me I was nuts, and I—I I can't, Daddy. One day, if I ever get to meet you, I hope I will. You will. The derogatory, the derogatory insults that I had to put up with from my own kind—I can't say it on the radio, but I could. If I ever met you, I would tell you. They would tell me, Mario, you're buying in Harlem. What are you crazy?
3: Well, you, you know, know something, Mario. I I, I I tell everybody like this okay when everyone's doing what you're doing then you're an average person and the people that really made money in real estate took a risk but they took an educated risk the way they bought in you know look at long island city i mean there are just look at the village yep. one time so but they but they were smart and they didn't go with the crowd they did their own but homework that,
6: that, so right, but that, Dottie, i want to tell you something i want to tell you something in 1973 Harlem was was worse than Tombstone, okay? I, I had guard dogs. I, I, I could tell you stories. I could make a movie about it. The printout, what, I, what I really wanted to tell you, Daddy, was what's going on today. Now, my five kids, they all have houses. How did they get them? My wife and I were married 53 years, blah, blah, blah. You know, Congratulations. We gave, payment. we gave them the down payment, Dottie. The
5: bank of Mario. <clears throat> four,
6: well, that's the bank of mom cow- and dad. That's yeah, the bank, bank of mom and
3: dad. I always say if you have the bank of mom and dad, that's the best bank to use. But not everyone can do that. So that's why we but, have but Ace, what? who has some programs that you can put very little down.
6: But, Dottie, I mean, that's what you have to think about, Dottie. The millennials are coming out of college loaded with debt.
3: That's a true. Hoax.
6: That's Dottie, true. what a hoax. Come on. You're talking to Mario. What a hoax. They can't even get a job.
4: Anyway. Well, Mary, no, they can get a job. They work for me as a receptionist to uh, make $14 an hour, and they have a degree from Cornell. No,
3: he's kidding, but yeah. it's not. No, but, but, Mary, you're on the money. They came out of school. The oldest millennials are about 35-ish, and they got right. out of school when we were in a recession, and they have a lot of student debt, and the job market now is good, but it wasn't good when they got out. So they lived at home. Well, they postponed, and parents helped them right. when they could. Um, Daddy, and if you could help...
6: Them. Daddy, I just want to say you. one other thing. Okay, I going to tell you something. I've, I, you know, forget about it. I'm a conservative, blah, blah, blah. But if I was the president of the United States, the first thing I'd do is forgive all the student loans. Forgive them all. Okay. Kids don't stand a chance, Daddy. They don't stand a chance. And you want to hear the other irony of it? And you're in the real estate business, Daddy. they I am. charging kids interest on student loans? What kind of people are these?
3: Okay, this and I know, and I think, Mario, I really think that you are right on the money, and if I were the president, I would do the same thing because I would want our kids to get educated, and I would help them with the loans. And I think they're coming up with employee um, perks that employees it's, it's, can get.
5: But, you, you, you but
3: I, but I you couldn't agree so with you I couldn't agree you with you You can't,
6: Donnie. You can't charge kids interest on student loans. For it's what that's what the mob used to do they're charging them four and five percent interest well, well it's ridiculous we we'll definitely
3: ridiculous. we definitely agree with you and we'll, we'll, send well the not, voice and uh, please call uh, it well
4: not all of us agree with you i mean wait a minute. Hey, Daddy, we all paid wait a minute, we all paid interest on our student loans. I think the issue here is that, that people are making poor choices with their educational dollars and they're assuming that they can spend hundreds of thousands in education and get out and get jobs without looking at the you know the the quality of, of the education they're getting, and whether that's going to really get them the job to pay it you don't, off.
6: You don't see you you're, you're missing my whole point.
4: Well, As
6: my old boss used to say, pay attention, this is important. There oh, Mario, I'm important. hanging on every pay word. Attention, Jerry, yeah. Pay attention, Jerry, pay attention. Okay, tell me, Mario, <laughs>
4: tell me the truth. Go ahead
6: do no worry. There's no jobs here. I know what I'm talking about. we employment, paper, Mario. Have
4: you read the paper? No, no, no. Come on. It's at No, there a, right no but
3: Jerry, Jerry, there's employment. But what Mario's is saying is you have to look at the pay, that the the, the, the jobs that, the, that are out there.
6: I, it's I, th- I believe the that's, that's the really point, I believe that's the point that I just Thank made.
4: You. Oh Yeah, that's the one that I just made. But, yeah, okay. There's
6: full but, employment well, in McDonald's for $14 an hour. Give me a break, Don.
4: Absolutely. Which is why maybe you don't need to spend 100000 on a degree. If you're, if you're going to work at McDonald's when you get out.
3: Yeah, but, 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 Jerry, let me ask you this. I think at McDonald's you might now, they can, you know, everyone has degrees, so sometimes you can have to have a degree to be at McDonald's. But in saying that, I've got to get on with the rest of the show. Mario, call us again. You and thanks for being a okay. fan, and have a wonderful Memorial Day. And come back and tell us. I'd love you to come on and talk about really how you, what what made you decide to invest because, that's really what we're, we're what people should be doing now if you have a little cash and I, it's Memorial Day so I want to keep it light today but we're going to be talking about investing and how to, how to get into the business and what signs to look for love to hear from you okay I have another quick question and thanks Mario and have a great great weekend uh, I guess I have Mike Mike happy Memorial hey, Day Ma- Mike
2: Happy Memorial Day to you and everybody at the show I love your show um, thank you Mike. My question is about my house. I have a house at the Jersey Shore, so I'm lucky that I got it inherited from my parents in the past. It was I like the Jersey 90s.
3: Shore.
2: It's nice. What's, it's, right. it's one block from the beach. Less than oh, a block perfect. the beach. You can hear the ocean at night sometimes. My question I hate to sell it, but I have to sell it because the property taxes are getting too high. Wait,
3: you Wait, but, you're, 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 you're not clear. You have to sell it. You don't want to sell it, but you have to, sell it, to sell it. I don't want to sell
2: it, but the property taxes are like getting really high, like 20 grand a year. Mm-hmm. And I can't afford the taxes, so I have to tell. But anyway, my question is, uh, when I sell it, can I stay for an extra day or two for help? You know, I have to move out the furniture. like, um, mm-hmm. And I don't have money for the moving van because I'm moving to I'm moving to Florida. And I need, you know, money for the move. Mm-hmm. So I need to sell the house to get the money to move. But uh, can I stay an extra day? Because my family had another house. Apartment building, and they wanted the, they wanted the keys. You know, when we sold it, we sold it three o'clock in the afternoon. We gave them the keys at five o'clock. But now we're, you know, now it's, that was my parents were alive. Now I have the house here you know, myself, my sister, and we, my sister's like, well, can we have an extra day or two? Ask that question,
4: or now, do you Are, have you,
2: to pay a are you already fee? in?
4: Are you already in contract? No, I'm not in contract yet. Okay. No. So best best time to do this is before you go into contract, and you let your lawyer know that you 'll need a couple of days of what we call post closing possession different parts of the country it 's much more common in New York City, uh, where things are uh, a little bit more rigid. We generally don 't do post closing possession at the closing. you come to the closing, you surrender the keys the apartment's room clean and vacant, and the buyer takes possession right then. Other parts of the country it 's a little bit more lenient uh, and uh, you can stay for a day or two usually the, you'll you 'll hold back some some of the proceeds as security for you vacating in a timely fashion and not doing any damage. The risks of it are as follows. Let's say you hold back $10,000 in escrow until you get out, and then all of a sudden the buyer comes to do the walkthrough two days after the closing. And now they see, well, there's a little scratch on the floor, and, gee, that knob wasn't like that before. You must have damaged that. And then you get into a little bit of a, a scuffle about... Uh, the use of the funds to make Mike, those can you
3: hold and Mike, can you mm-hmm. hold that question? Because we want to finish it, but I think they're going to take a break right now. And so Jerry will continue talking about how you can move out of a house and stay an extra day or two as soon as we have a quick commercial break. We'll be right, right back, 866 970 9622.
1: It's I on real estate. Got a question? Call 866 970 9622. Here's Douglas Elements CEO, Dottie Herman.
3: We're back. back, we're back, we're back, and we're just talking about, I guess, what the city was like in the 1970s, and we were trying to go back. It was a different time. Yeah. Um, Jerry, do you but remember we who the-
5: was credited? Who was credited with bringing uh, New York City back?
4: Well, you know, Giuliani gets a lot of credit uh, for it. There's um, different uh, economists who said that he was sort of in the right place at the right time. But in fairness, I mean, he did focus on quality of life issues such as things like graffiti on the subways and the theory being that if it looks like there's no law and order then there's gonna be no law and order and I think there was something to be said for that I mean there was a lot of critics of uh, me being one of them I thought he was way way over aggressive and uh, as a lawyer he should have paid a lot more attention to uh, the fourth and fifth amendments but um, in fairness he gets a lot of the credit and in the police commissioner at the time I think did a, a marvelous job of getting police out of the police cars and walking the streets and talking to the people. And that was one of the, I think, biggest things that changed in New York City is the police started to walk the beat rather than just cruise around in cars.
3: Well, also, that, and I I, I want to finish Mike's question, but also they, I think, laid off like millions of policemen and firemen and, and sanitation workers because the city was broke. So they had chaos. But anyhow, I want to get back to Mike's question. Basically, Mike needs to stay an extra day or two um, in his property in Jersey Shores which by the way I love um, and he asked Jerry like how can he do that and since you didn't go to contract yet you could just ask for it and like Jerry said the only thing is you're going to they're going to inspect the house right after you know they're going to expect it they'll they'll close and then they'll inspect it and then they yeah. could find a few things. But, you know, if you put a little money in escrow, I, I, I don't think it's a big problem. I think it would be okay.
4: Well, the, the issue becomes when um, the money in escrow, let's say, is $10,000, and then the buyer all of a sudden starts to seize on things that were really issues before the closing, and now they want them repaired. And it's hard to tell, you know, was that gouge in the floor there before the closing, or did it happen when you were moving out? When you give vacant possession at closing, there's no question about it all those items are there before the closing so that's sort of the downside you don't want to do this kind of just springing on people at the last minute schedule the closing not having put it in the contract and then say oh by the way I won't be out of the place when you close um, because the buyer doesn't have to agree to that but if you put it up front in the negotiation when you're doing all the the contract usually uh, because people buyers want the property then they'll usually agree to a reasonable day or two while you get out of the property one one important thing is make sure that uh the both the seller and the buyer the seller should maintain homeowner's insurance which will then convert into a tenant's policy and make sure that the buyer has bound their insurance policy um before you know at the closing so that if god forbid in that Um, day or two there is a fire or something it's covered Okay, so how, do you do, how do you do that? How do you do that? Switch it to a tenant? So Here's just, how you uh, do that. You, you call your insurance he's,
3: he's made it, said, it he's like, it, like, you know, I mean, Jerry's a great attorney. It sounds very complicated. It's not as complicated as you think. First of all, most people, not all, but most are going to say for two days, hey, you know what? We're going to do it. We understand you need a day or two. And maybe you'll throw them in something a little extra or not. But what you have to do is, and your attorney can advise you, is you really have to then just make sure the policies. Like God forbid, that there's some, you know, a, you know, a fire Somebody or something like fall, that. Or, yeah. Somebody falls. Now the chances are not likely that any of those things are going to happen, but you just have to cover yourself so that the policies for the insurance.
4: You call your biggest, insurance. Okay. Call your insurance. Yeah, and you those kind, you kind of call do that. Okay.
2: Okay. So in two days. What was that escrow thing about
4: 10000 What was that well, about? I don't know. What was that the, about? The, 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 most buyers are going to want some security to ensure that you do get out when you're supposed to get out and that you don't wreck the house in the two days while you're oh, in possession. I, I, I
2: would well, never wreck the house. I just, no, I, no, I, no, no. Sorry. I, I,
4: hold on. Hold on. We know that you wouldn't wreck the house. But what you have to understand is that the buyer doesn't know that you won't wreck the house or do some damage. So they want a security. It's very common. It's nothing to be worried about. Okay. Well,
3: right, but it yeah. might not be 10000 It could be a couple of thousand dollars. And, again, just so that, you know, like you said, if anything happens, but, you know, if anything happens that would go wrong, you did, but you're not going to do anything. And it could be 10000 It could be 5000 It really depends on the attorneys. And where are you moving in Florida, by the way? Just curious. Uh, I have no
2: idea. Probably central Florida.
3: Central because,
2: Florida. Uh, have, you, you know, because the homes are a good value and they're a good price. and uh, Yeah, a friend to, of
3: mine. Yeah, well, I see a lot like of people buying. Miami's going. very
2: high. Well, Miami's but, very high, you know.
3: Yeah. Well, do but, us yeah, a favor. You. Keep, you know, now's the best time to sell your house because it's beautiful. That's summer. Let us know how you're doing. If you need any more questions, just give us a call. I, I will Happy definitely call. So,
2: I love you so Thank you so thanks, much. Thanks, Mike. Luck.
3: Okay. Oh, I have a question from Vivian. Happy Memorial Day. I guess, weekend? Yes.
2: yes.
3: Is it Vivian Hello? or am I? Yes. Go ahead,
5: so Vivian. So
2: you
3: have a question on bankruptcy?
2: Uh, this is Maria, not Sylvia. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. okay.
3: So, no, I didn't say Sylvia. I said Vivian. Is that your but name? We were wrong. <laughs> oh, well, Sorry.
2: Okay. Yeah, I have a question. Well, uh, yes, how does the best? Uh, what is the best uh, place to look for my, uh, my 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 credit score? I had applied for bankruptcy back in 2013 and I uh, Chapter Seven and I was accepted. But now since then, I haven't checked my score. What's the best place to go, or, or office, or internet, or online? What's the best place to find out? what well, I don't know what what what's the score is when you apply for bankruptcy. It goes down or where to stay?
3: It well, it doesn't does. go up. Yeah. <laughs> <It's not good. laughs> it, it doesn't but. go up. If it will oh, okay. what, what what we well we have a credit coach you should go on his site and he can uh tell you this experience there's three or four sites you can go on for free yeah. and you could also go on what is it credit code? what is it well this? You
4: know? i i like my fico m m y f i c o i use that one myself, and I've always found that to be pretty useful reports there's um there's a lot of commercial ones out there, and honestly, I can't remember what the credit coach. Says, But I think maybe the producer can give you his email uh, after we do the call. But one thing to remember is um, that you're getting, you know, you're like five years out now from the bankruptcy. So it should, its its effects should be starting to ease off on your credit report. And one good way to start to build your credit again is to do a secured a visa, uh, which is different than a debit card. A secured visa means that you put a $1,000 in the bank, it sits there and now you get a credit line for $1,000 from the bank. The bank knows they'll get paid because there's $1,000 sitting there that they can take if they need to, but you still pay that every month, and that'll start to build your credit score back up. And, uh, and uh, I know that's one thing that he recommends.
3: Yes, and okay. people but, that went bankrupt in the, in the recession are buying houses now
2: and getting mortgages, absolutely. so yeah. you can build it up. Does that answer okay, your question? Uh, yeah, so what would be my credit score now that I have that I had applied what, for bank what
4: is it on the impossible okay. to know. Impossible to we know. We wouldn't
3: know. You have, know. You have know. To, yeah. to you know, it depends okay. on everything. You'd have to look it no. up. But if
2: when I go on my FICO on, on online or in the internet now, they uh are they gonna give me the three credit scores from the three departments right away you, or they're gonna send in the mail? On, How do, don't they have yeah,
4: to check my My f- my FICO you can buy all three. I think it was about sixty dollars or something for all three, and the reports also that'll show you all the, the things that are bearing on the, uh, on the score. I'm not, it, but that's it, just the one I use.
2: Are they gonna break it down for me everything that I've done? The, uh, all yep.
4: the Why don't that, you? Well, you
3: know what? If you if you um, leave us your email if you have one, I think what you should do is. Give, uh, go to the site of the credit coach. And I'm trying to remember yeah. his site, Jerry. You figured it out for him. I, I know. He, had a great,
4: he, he changed his email for us. And, and now, I can't remember. Maybe the producer could whisper But But, but if you leave us your email, card. we'll send
3: you his, the credit coach. Yeah. And you know what? You should go on his site and ask him the question because that's what he does for a living. And uh, he'll give you the information. And then you can, because there are some free sites also. So some you don't have to pay for, I think. Yeah. So, okay. Good luck. Good luck. Okay. We'll, if you leave us it, your email and we'll give you that, we'll give you his uh, site. I, I, I keep on forgetting it. I
4: know. I, that's terrible. Jerry,
3: you made it up for him. I uh, think.
4: No, well, I, we kept making fun of him because he had like the worst email in the world.
3: Okay. I'm not going to talk about, you know, after all these good things about real estate.
4: Credit scoring um, advisor? Is that no.
3: I I'm not. <laughs> I'm
4: sorry. I was just trying to do his email. But anyway, we'll get to it later.
3: Yeah, you named it, and I can't remember. I think it's Credit
4: Scoring Advisor at Gmail, but that's also kind of long. Really? We'll we'll get it. We'll get it at the break.
3: Okay, so um, anyhow, things uh, people are saying, I think it was Market Watch, that um, I think it was Zillow and research firms are saying that they predict the next recession will begin in 2020, do you think, I mean, oh, which I don't, lovely. I don't see. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Um, they have <laughs> On ex-
4: what day been, in 2020?
3: Now, I've just given you all great things about real estate, okay? Now, I just <laughs> want to show you, that's why you can't believe everything you read. These are just people's predictions that... Nobody goes back to them five years from now and says, hey, you know, it didn't happen. And Jerry and I and Paul, and we can tell you about everyone who said it was the end of real estate. Nobody will buy again. Millennials will never buy. They saw their <laughs> parents lose money. The new generation will not buy. And we would say, well, no, it, we think it's still going to be alive. Well, so uh, you, you, you kind of... You have to – it's when you sell, okay? If you – you just have to be able to hold real estate. But anyhow, they are saying that there is going to be a prediction of 2020 in the first quarter, okay? And they say that the economists carried out – this is – the economic growth that started in 2009, which is approximately – I think we we're mm-hmm. still in the recession in, the in 2009. Year. Yeah, But um, But – And is the second longest in U.S. history, will likely end in 2020.
4: Have they ever correctly predicted the end of a growth cycle, by the way? I don't think they have. No.
3: And they they say one of the economists predicts at 2020 recession that 59% of private sector economists in the journal forecast the same thing. However, they say that, oh... Okay, they say that while the housing bubble prompted the last recession, experts generally agree that real estate won't play a major role in the next one. So you're okay in real estate, and that the values will increase another 5.5 in 2018. So um, I think you're okay. And by the way, the only people that get hurt are people that bought at the height of the market and have to sell when the market plunges. All the people that can hold out are fine. So I just the hope storm, there's some yeah. interesting predictions. And uh, poor Rockaway Beach, for those of you who live in, uh, who are like to go to Rockaway Beach, it will be closed this summer, a half-mile stretch of it, because there's not enough sand to keep the neighborhood and swimmers safe.
4: Well, you know, it's interesting, Dottie. I, uh, people who know me know that I'm famous for watching the most boring documentaries ever made. Um, and I watched something called Sand Wars, which sounds boring i would it does but it is
5: it is fascinating
4: the lack of sand uh ocean sand that's going on in the world apparently it's a big material used in uh, building components concrete and cement and things like that and there's a huge uh, shortage of it worldwide so i'm not surprised to hear that
3: so that you know Now, I'm going to to do one or two questions before the news, and then we're going to have Deborah Halpern, who is, after the news, the publisher of Hamptons Magazine, Um, and she's the president and founder of Monroe East Consulting. And then Paul will give you his read on the season uh, for real estate in the Hamptons. But I have a quick question for you, Jerry. I actually have a lot of questions. It's just that we had callers. I didn't get a chance. Um, Jerry, this is for you. What What happens to unsold shares? In a, in a co-op.
4: So when a when a sponsor, that's the person that puts the whole thing together and initially offers it to the public for the first time, they're called a sponsor, and they try to sell all of the shares to the public, and once they're sold out, then 100% of the shares are now owned by individuals, each of whom own a certain number associated with their apartment. They don't always sell them all, and one of the main reasons they don't is sometimes the apartment will be subject to rent stabilization and therefore it's not as desirable to buy and so the sponsor holds that unit. Sponsors are allowed to sell those shares to other people who step into their shoes if they meet certain qualifications and those individuals are called holders of unsold shares. They have a special legal status called holders of unsold shares and they then have super rights similar to a sponsor first among them is they don't need board approval to sell so that's
3: kind of complicated and so in one minute or two i think you can um because there's a lot of questions so that but that's so that's hard for people to digest because most people don't have co-ops and so what privileges do you get i mean is there a benefit if i buy from the sponsor
4: well, if you buy from the sponsor, the, you aren't necessarily a holder of unsold shares, so you have to okay. consult a lawyer as to whether or not you're going to. Well, get how those do you become an holder?
3: How do you how do you become you, a holder of unsold shares? You
4: have you have to buy you have to buy in bulk from the sponsor and then make filings with the attorney general's office and comply with all the regulations, and then you sort of have the same rights, meaning you can sell to whoever you want without board approval. But there's not many okay. holder of unsold shares left. Most of them have been sold to the public.
3: All right. We have our 11 o'clock news, and then we're going to be back with Deborah Halpern, publisher of Hamptons Magazine, and Paul Brennan, who's going to give us an update on values, what's going on in the Hamptons and the North Fork, and actually second homes, which I think are on the rise. Right back. Stay tuned for the news.
1: on Real Estate with Dottie Herman is sponsored by Citizens Bank N.A.
5: would say... You know, but I, can I ask a question? We've been talking a lot about millennials.